Welcome to the Crackpots podcast. I'm Pastor Rebecca. And I'm Pastor Chad. So we had um, crucified Jesus this week um, with... Well, not personally. We didn't personally crucify No, I Jesus. said crucified Jesus. Okay. Yes. Crucified Jesus. Well, we um, didn't crucify him, though. No. Well, well, yes and no. Not, yeah, not directly. We physically were not there to do it, but... Correct. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's this, this kind of interesting scene where Pilate hangs the sign above Jesus' head saying, King of the Jews, and the other... I didn't know he wrote it in English. <laughs> Go ahead. Pronounce it in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Go for it. I was lucky to do it in English. <laughs> so the scary thing is, like, you know, we kind of say that, I kind of say that jokingly, but we've had instances where people have made comments that maybe miss the fact that Jesus didn't speak English. Right. He spoke Aramaic. And was it, yeah. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite, again, sidebar already, um, was, Pastor, when can we do the original version of the Lord's Prayer? Because in a previous congregation, we used the, quote, new version of the Lord's Prayer. Right. Takes out, you know. New translation. Right, the new translation. And I said, oh, well, you mean in Aramaic? Or, no, the old or one. Or Greek. Right, I said, well, how about Greek? And, and they just kind of looked at me funny. I'm like, you know, like, none of this was in English, right? Like, Yeah, it's all the it. translation. Right, so... Yeah. Sorry. Um, yes, King of the Jews. Yes, yes. In the three different languages. And of course, the, the, the Jewish leadership is all, yeah, no, we don't want that. We, we want it to say, um, he claimed to be King of the Jews. Yes. Pilate's all, eh, I've, I've written what I've written. Kind of this, I don't know, dismissive sort of... <laughs> I, this is, again, you know, we say this every time. I wish we had inflection so we know how Pilate intended that statement. Um, but we, we don't, so... We know how our, our Pilate, as in for our Holy Week drama, we know his intention <laughs> and inflection. Our, our Pontius Pilate... Is a-hole Pilate. He's, he is. He's evil. Yeah, yeah he, he's he, a-hole, he, a-hole he pilot. He pulls off evil really, really well. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Um, but, you know, so I, I, I admittedly, when I did the sermon this week, I actually pulled in some stuff from my Monday, Thursday sermon from last year because I figured a lot of people probably did not hear the Monday, Thursday sermon from last year. Because we don't get a lot of people that show up for Monday, Thursday services. So I kind of pulled some of that information in just because I thought it was um, helpful. Um, because we don't talk a lot about the question of why Jesus had to die um, in our sermons. It's just not something we address a whole lot. 
This is like the only time we address it is, is sort of in the Holy Week kind of thing, that question of, well, why did Jesus have to die? Otherwise, we're usually focusing on resurrection and that kind of stuff. Well, and there, there's a whole school of study on... Atonement theory. Yeah, why Jesus had to die. Right. And there's a whole bunch of different schools of thought. So let's, you know, it's, it's schools of thought of things like... Um, substitutionary atonement, yep. which is one of the most popular ones, which you probably have heard the most. Um, C.S. Lewis picked up on it with his, you know, his, his writings, um, which is the idea that God needs a sacrifice, and therefore he decided to provide the sacrifice that God needs. Jesus is the substitute for us. Correct. Um, so he becomes the, the substitutionary atonement um, as the substitute sacrifice uh, that, that is made. Which is popular and easy, right? Like, Correct. But it casts God in a very odd light. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, that the only way God can appease himself is to kill his son. And it's kind of, yeah, it... it, it Divine child abuse kind a little, of... A little dark. Yeah. Well, and, and like the only way I'm going to satisfy myself is to do this. And again, it just... For me, it was always problematic. Um, and, and one of the other... Um, but, but it's so popular, right? That, that it, you don't think about it. Well, and it, it kind of becomes almost accepted yeah. as the way it was because it's popular and it's easy it's it's super easy to understand right right substitute one for the other there needs to be a sacrifice god yep. has to have a sacrifice so jesus is that sacrifice yep except for the fact that um god kind of was not real down with the whole human sacrifice thing throughout yeah. scripture he thought it was overrated he, he yeah he kind of thought human sacrifice was sort of a bad idea um throughout the rest of scripture um, you know, even the one time he kind of demanded it, he still was like, nope, nope, nope. Okay, here you go. Um, here's, here's, here's an actual lamb, um, which is where a lot of it comes from is the whole Abraham Isaac story. You know, yep. it's like, oh, see, God will provide the lamb. God will provide the sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, and, and we can get into a long history of the sacrificial system and blah, blah, blah. But to kind of boil it down, if you really want to hear, hear that, you can go back to last year's Monday, Thursday, and hear my whole sermon on it. Because I only pulled in a small portion of it this time. Um, but, you know, one of the other theories is ransom. You know, it's you have to ransom from the devil, people from the devil. So basically you're using Jesus to pay the devil. And, that, and it's kind of like, well, then that makes the devil have a whole lot of control. <laughs> Um, so those things don't quite. So I have always adopted the more, um, the, the quote, atonement idea or theory that um, Jesus had to die because humans don't get it. Which to me makes a lot more sense because we don't. If you think about when you do something wrong, you immediately feel the need, like if you actually regret having done something wrong as opposed to you did something wrong and you don't care. But if you do something wrong and you really want somebody to forgive you, you a lot of times will do all kinds of things to, quote, make it up to them, right? Right. How often do you hear that phrase? I'm going to make it up to you. 
I'm, I, I'll, I'll, you know, you, you, you did this thing for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I, I will, I will make it up to you. I, I will, I, I will somehow make it right. And that is the whole point of a sacrifice: is that attempt to make it right, um, or as we call it in uh, theological ease, justification, being put back in right alignment. And the sacrificial system was the way in which we got right with God, so to speak. Because humans, for whatever reason, feel the need to have to do the atoning. We have to do something to make it better in order for God to forgive us. So if you cheat on your wife, a lot of times, well, the only way my wife is going to forgive, forgive me is if I do X, Y, and Z. Now, that's a nice popular thought. The reality is, however, your wife is going to forgive you for one reason and one reason only. And it doesn't matter how much stuff you give her or how many things you try to kind of buy off her forgiveness for, is ultimately she is going to make the decision to forgive you. Although the, the Kobe Bryant gold diamond huge ring, maybe. <laughs> that might help matters. <laughs> that might help. But ultimately, you know, it's, if you're going to forgive somebody, you choose to forgive them for you. You, right. you, you choose to forgive them because it's what you decide you either want or need to do. Um, and, and a lot of times it's because you love that person so much you want that relationship to work. And you know that if you continue to hold something over their head, that relationship can never go forward. Because I think everybody who's ever done something wrong, anytime they have their, their sin basically thrown back in their face and an opportune time, you know, at, at some time, when it's like, well, you did this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that just continues the, pro you know, the rift. Yep. That just continues the rift. So when you forgive, you've got to fully, 100% forgive. Um, I, I talked, I think, I think it was last week briefly about, you know, when you've, you've chosen to forgive somebody to hurt, who hurt you. Um, and I had somebody who hurt me a long time ago that I chose to forgive. They, you know, they did apologize or whatever, but I just, I chose to forgive them. And upon occasion, this individual will bring up what they did and will be like, well, but I know I hurt you back then with this. And my response to that is, you're a different person. This is a different relationship than it was then. L I mean... We've talked about it. We've dealt with it. Move on. Let's, let's not dwell on it anymore. Um, but we also like to dwell in our guilt. <laughs> yep. um, we dwell in our guilt. And, but, you know, for the person who is forgiving, it, it, as, like I said, in this particular case, me being the person who's forgiving them, I'm like, let's, I, I'm done with it. It's over. And we're, we're good. I'm, I, I don't have X, you know, these concerns, X, Y, or Z, with you. Um, I can't say that always about a lot of people, but this particular, you know, I'm like, I'm not really worried about this ever being repeated. Um, 
and I'm not interested in throwing it in their face or doing something along those lines. Right. And, but I think that that becomes, when, when we do have those kinds of reactions where it isn't that just whole, wholehearted, I, you know, I've, I've forgiven it, let's forget it, let's move on. Um, it, it's hard for us to think that that can be possible without some price being paid. And so that's kind of why Jesus had to die. He, he was the price we demanded. It goes back to that, the trouble of trying to humanize God. Right. We, we try and put our own, um, our own thoughts and our own emotions and our own behaviors and attribute them to God. And the reality is like, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Yeah. I think that's Isaiah 55-ish, somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, that, that whole, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Um, and, and I think that definitely kind of goes with the, the whole, why all this kind of had to happen, yeah. is it was, it was the only way forward. It was the only way forward, not because God was so mad at us. And don't get me wrong, God does not like sin. I'm not trying to trivialize sin in any way, shape, or form. But God knows the only way forward is forgiveness. If he doesn't forgive us, then there's no future. There's zero future. But having us like constantly do this whole sacrificial thing where we're killing animals and blah, 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 you know, to try to make up for it, wasn't really working either. And so the question is, how are you going to get through to stubborn people who are insistent there has to be some price that's paid? Okay, you demand a price, I will give you what I demand. Or I should say, I will give you what you demand. I will give you my son. Which is hard to swallow, right? Yeah. Like it's easier to just think, well, that's the way God wanted it. Or Right. God's the one who demanded it, not us. Yeah. And, but, but the reality is I, we're the ones who kind of are the ones who demand that. I had somebody who was walking out of worship Sunday morning who kind of, you know, came out and was like, I'd never thought about it as we're the obstacle to forgiveness, not God. Because that was one of the things I said, you know, I said in my sermon is I said, the, the obstacle to forgiveness is not God. The obstacle to forgiveness is and always has been us. Well, and I think that, I think we can kind of put that on everything, right? Yeah. Like, the obstacle is, and it's humanity. Yeah. Whatever, the obstacle to, to blank is humanity. Yep. Whatever that, whatever, however you, whatever you fill in that blank with, the obstacle is humanity, not God. Yep. And... 
the reality that, again, I, I, I pointed out in my sermon, the three different languages kind of is supposed to symbolize or signify the whole world, you know, at least the world that was known at that time. Um, the Greek, the Latin, and either the Hebrew or Aramaic, depending on which translation you read, um, was, you know, very significant in terms of this, this individual came not just for the Jewish people, but came for the entire world. And because humanity as a whole, and that's why when, you know, we also, when we're looking at John's gospel and we see things like, quote, the Jews, um, to remember they are a representation of a much larger group of humanity, that it's not relegated to this group in ancient uh, Israel, ancient Palestine, area at this moment in time is they're kind of repre symbolic representation of how we all respond and how we all tend to react um, collectively to what Jesus wants to usher in. We love what Jesus wants to usher in. We have a really hard time embracing it in the here and now as something that could be a possibility. It's different, it's new, it's scary, it's not the way of the world, and what if, here's really where the fear, what the fear boils down to, right? So what if I decide to live my life that way? What if I decide to turn the other cheek? What if I decide to love my neighbor? What if I decide to do those things, whatever, you know? It might get you killed. Yeah. Right. Right. Because I might make that change. Well, if but I, if other people aren't making that change too, then they see that as an opportunity to take advantage of me, roll over me, whatever, attack me, because they know I'm not going to fight back. So you hear they see it as weakness. You hear it a lot when talking stewardship. Well, if I give away all of my money, then who's going to take care of me, right? Well, if I give away all of my money, then somebody else is just going to get richer. Ah, there's the fear, right? The fear isn't, the fear isn't giving in to Jesus. It's, it's what, if everybody, what if everybody else doesn't, and then that's where I'm afraid, well, I like my way of life, or I like, well, what if someone else doesn't? Hmm. Yeah. There are too many systems in place that make this not possible. Right. It is kind of how it, it all, what it all boils down to. That's the, that, I mean, that's the mental wrestling. Yeah. Is there too many systems already in place that we don't feel we have the power to dismantle, and therefore this does not make it a viable way of living. Right. And I think that is the, the Christian struggle in the world we live in. And, and has been for some... I mean, these systems are not new systems. These systems are, are as old as humanity. 
Um, right. These, you know, the, the, the power structures and the ways in which we um, organize ourselves and these, these systems just are set up in such a way that they are, are very antithetical to what Jesus was trying to do. So our natural inclination is instead of continuing to wrestle with that reality and recognizing how out of whack we are, we try to somehow justify it and say, well, it's okay because. And not make the changes because they're too hard, they're too whatever. And I am the first to admit, I know it's really hard to keep hearing that message. Well, and we're, and, and occasionally, you know, we're willing to do it in some parts of our life, right? So, oh, well, I can do it here. And we kind of pick and choose what parts we're willing to follow to what degree, right? So, personally, so, so like the tithing piece, I'm good at that. I'm good at that. I, I, I'll, I'm good at that. The love your enemy thing. And enemy's a weird word, right? So it's like, you know, how many of us really have enemies that from a, you know, so when you think of the word enemy, you're really thinking, you know, first thing I think of is, you know, the TV villain, right? So like Batman and Joker and, you know, things like that, where there's like a defined enemy. And I think most of us have, most of us don't have enemies that are, quote, trying to get us. Right. And take us out. Nine-tenths of the time, individually, we don't usually have somebody who's gunning for us. Right. So I, I had a, a guy I used to play baseball with that we would get into lots of uh, Second Amendment arguments. He's like, I, I, I need my semi-automatic. I need to protect my family. I said, who do you think's coming for your family? Like, <laughs> like, like seriously. Like, nobody cares enough about your family. You need a semi-automatic weapon that you can... That you could open up, you know, fifty rounds in in thirty seconds or less to keep your family safe. Like seriously. Um, of course, so, the flip side of that is I have been in danger before. Sure. You know, I I, I have had somebody after me. <laughs> sure. But um, did you need a semi-automatic weapon? No. In fact, I turned down all of the offers that right. I got. I I got several offers to um, have. Uh, guns and weapons right. um, to protect myself in the event this person actually, sh you know, showed up on my doorstep and was coming for me. Right. And I turned them all down, which confused a lot of people because they know how, it, a lot of them knew I grew up, well, in fact, one of them was my, my own father <laughs> who knew I knew how to shoot because he had taught me and he, right. you know, I was like, yes, I know how to handle a gun. Um, and actually a really good shot. <laughs> so it was like, for him, was nothing to even, you know, just be like, well, let me just give you one of my guns. And I'm like, no. And I think that kind of gave him, like, he kind of gave me this really bizarre look, like, well, 
why not? And I'm like sitting there going, because shooting a target and shooting a living, breathing human being are two very different not things. Not the same thing. And I have, I, I have a friend who's a police officer um, in, around, around D.C. And he has been, unfortunately, in several gunfights and has yet to hit anyone. On the range, she's like, I'm good. Like, those targets, man, I can... You tell me exactly what, and I will hit it. But when there's, other, when there's, other, when there's bullets flying around, and there's other, I can't hit anything. <laughs> that isn't even my concern, that I wouldn't hit them. Right. My concern it's, was that I would. Right, that you actually agreed. agreed. My, my, my concern is, you know, and I, I just was like hitting another human being, you know, yeah. shooting another human being and, and the potential yeah. to take their life. Yep. Even if they were coming for me. Now I get, I don't have another person to protect, so that's probably a whole different realm of when you have a family that you're trying to protect or whatever. But just for myself, I was like, no. Um, I, I said, even in self-defense, I don't know if I could live with myself. Yeah. I, I just don't know going forward if I could live with myself knowing I'd killed somebody. Yep. E even if it was a, you know, that kind of situation. So my dad did the next best thing <laughs> and got me military grade um, pepper spray <laughs> with UV dye and <laughs> all kinds of stuff in it that um, was, and, and actually we had a, uh, my, my former church, uh, I had a police detective who was in the congregation <laughs> He asked me one time what I was doing, what I was doing to protect myself. And I, I lifted up, I, I had it clipped to my, um, uh, to my pants. And so I just kind of lifted my shirt up just a little so that it could see the, the, the spray that was there. And he smiled and he laughed and he just went, that is awesome. He said, and that is exactly what you should be doing. <laughs> He, I think he was relieved that I, I wasn't choosing the route of, of a gun. Yeah. Um, from even his perspective as a, a police, per, you know, a law enforcement person, was he was relieved to see that that was not the route I was taking. Um, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't mind spraying, spraying them in their eyes. And trust me, once you do that, 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 that pretty much will... <laughs> render them in, incapable of doing a whole lot for a while. Um, yeah. But point being, um, it's, it's, I don't know that we, you know, we think about it on an individual level, but then also I think we think of it much more as collectively on a societal level of uh, when there's an outside invader, so to speak, well, you've got to defend yourself or you get rolled over and you then become oppressed. Yeah. And nobody wants that. That's not how Jesus rolls. What? That's not how Jesus rolls. No, it's not how Jesus rolls. But, um, you know, I think one of the, the things is, though, and I'll... This, this, I don't want to spoil Good Friday, but this is something that kind of comes up in the Good Friday thing, which is if we don't change, how do we expect anybody else to? 
Yeah. I mean, if we're not going to model it. Yeah, you're right. We need to model it. Again, that is the whole, that's yeah. the whole faith journey. That's the whole Christian thing. Like, we need to model it. I mean, we go through this Holy Week journey. We go through Scripture. And the idea isn't that we're not changed, right? Right. The idea isn't that what you read and what affects you today doesn't change you for tomorrow or the next day or the next day. It's meant to cause change right. in us and in turn in the world. And as people of faith, we got to get the ball rolling. Like yeah. it, that's, it's got to start with call. us. That's the thing. They're not going to miraculously just change on their own, and then we can go. Oh, they finally changed. Now we can change. Right. It's no. We've got to do that. That work first. Other, otherwise, and Jesus died because trying basically to get our attention of how desperate that change is needed. Right. Um, died for us, died for us to understand God does forgive us. We are forgiven for all the garbage we do. This is, here, here is me showing you, I love you. I forgive you. This is how much I love you. This is how much I forgive you. I'm willing to give you my son. End of story. Yeah. Except it's not. And then. I mean, end days, of story except, well, Easter, And then but, three days later, boop. Right. <laughs> which, is, which again is the point yeah is again that death is not the end because god forgives us and wants a future going forward that forgiveness has to happen in order for resurrection to happen in order for new life to happen there has to first be forgiveness we're cutting this one Cutting this one short this week. That's a mic drop. I mean, honestly, we kind of covered it. We were just yeah. a little more focused, maybe. Yeah. Which is saying something. For us. Yeah. We only had one tangent, I think. Yeah. Two tangents. Um, but yeah, the, the whole point is the only way to move forward, the only way to have new life is God has to forgive us. And the only way that we get and understand forgiveness is for God to give us what we demand. And next week we back up. Next week we back up to Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, yep. A little out of order. Yeah, a little out of order, but that's okay. You know, this has been, this has been heavy stuff for these next couple. Yeah. So um, anyway, all right. Well, have a great week, and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.